all starts here, and for us it really does. The Christmas story uh, starts for us in, in the Word of God, in the Bible. And so we'll be there for the next couple of weeks in our new series, The Faith Awakens, as we dive into God's Word and discover what that ancient story means for us today. First, I want to get us started this morning with a little announcement. Maybe not a little announcement. It's a pretty big announcement. But just this all-in that I mentioned a few weeks ago. All-in is a church-wide initiative that we are launching for us to read through the Bible in 2016. Um, Now, think about this number, will you? 212. 212. What is so special about that number? Well, at 211 degrees, water is really hot, okay? Um, Really hot. At 212 degrees, though, it boils. And when water boils, it produces steam. And steam is a powerful force. Steam can actually uh, power a locomotive, right? Um, what a difference, right, between 211 and 212. What a difference that one little degree makes. One extra degree that changes everything. One extra degree that makes the difference. So what I want you to think about as we talk about and think about and consider and pray over this all in for next year, what difference could that degree make in your spiritual life? What What difference, if you turn it up one degree, what difference would that make in your walk with the Lord, Um, in your passion, in your love, in your connection to His purposes for your life? I believe that difference would be an unleashing of God in your life like you have never experienced before. I was thinking about this week, just the difference, the small difference that is the separator, right? And I was thinking about the, the Olympics back in London. Everyone would recognize household name Usain Bolt, right? He won the 100 meters once again, gold medal. But the guy that came in, so gold medal for Usain Bolt, the guy that came in fourth place was slower by roughly one-tenth of a second. Household name to, I don't even know who that guy is. I think he's an American, honestly. But fourth place. What a difference that small sliver of time makes um, between winning a gold medal and walking away empty-handed. Well, tiny differences like that can can have a huge impact in terms of results, right? Um, So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your walk with the Lord. I I want you to think about our journey together because January 1st, which is just a couple of weeks away, January 1st, 2016, we're going to begin this all-in initiative. Um, It is a project that I think will help you individually and will help us as a collective congregation of people to have that 212-degree attitude. Um, I think it's really going to make a huge difference, and 2016 is going to be a big year for this church. Um, So... All in is the idea that we're going to be reading through the Bible together. Um, And maybe you have read through the Bible a dozen times. Maybe you've tried before but never finished. Uh, Maybe you've never even tried to read the Bible before. Um, But all of us in 2016 as a community are going to have this opportunity to take this extra degree, to take this extra step. uh, To have a 212 attitude and break through as, as a church. So right now... 
I'm not asking you to decide. I'm not asking you to say, yes, count me in for that. I'm, I'm just asking you to think about it and pray about it because it is a big deal. Uh, it is a commitment. And so we want you just to think about it and pray about it. Um, uh, so just a couple of details about it if you're wondering. So what's, what, what are kind of the, uh, exactly what's going to happen here? Um, we're talking about the one-year Bible. It's an actual product that's available that you can purchase, or we'll talk about how you can get it for free as well. The one-year Bible. It breaks the Bible up into daily readings, 365 daily readings. Bonus, next year we get an extra day, right? Um, get an extra year in 2016, 266 days. But it breaks it up. You're going to get an, an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a Psalm reading, a couple of Proverbs thrown in. And, and it will keep us together as we do it. It will keep us together day by day, week by week, experiencing the same messages from God together as a family. Now... Here's what I think is really cool about the one-year Bible. Um, it gives you a lot of options to kind of individualize, personalize to what will best fit you. Option one, you can buy one. It's about $13 on Amazon to have an actual paper, hard copy, one-year Bible in the translation of your choice. You can buy it on Amazon. You can have it here if you're a Prime member in two days. If you're not in about a week, you can get it through Walmart or, or Mardell or whatever your favorite bookstore is as well. Um, so that's cool. And if you're kind of an e-reader type, person, you can get it, buy it for your Kindle, buy it for your iPad as well. So you could just buy a one-year Bible. Option two, and I'm going to actually walk us through this in the next week or two. I'm not sure if I'll do it next week or the, but how you do this. But option two is using the version app, which many of us already have on our phones or on our mobile devices. And on the version app, it will do the daily readings for you. It'll put the text up there for you each day. Um, and, and I think that's what I'm going to do. And, and by the way, that's free. Okay, that's free of charge. Doesn't cost anything. Option three. Option three. It's for you who, who are sitting there thinking, I really like my Bible. I mean, I've had this Bible for years. I like to underline things in my Bible. I like to write notes in the margin. You can use your Bible. Uh, Angie Maddox has produced a beautiful booklet uh, that has all of the breakdown of the readings in it. So you can take that booklet, stick that in your Bible, and use that uh, to use your own Bible to follow along with us um, as we go through the Bible together. So, a lot of different options. 212, okay? Um, think and pray about helping us to turn up the heat next year in our passion for God um, and, and for us to be able to encounter His Word in its totality together as a church family. By the way, we're going to have a lot of built-in things. I think this is the ideal time. If you've thought about doing this before, this is the ideal time to read through the Bible in a year because we're going to build, John's got all sorts of stuff into the year that will encourage you. Social media stuff will be out there. Um, we'll have... Some, occasionally we'll have sermons from the pulpit that will correspond with those readings throughout the year. We're going to have scripture readings in our worship services. So just a great year to do it and be encouraged knowing that the folks around you are doing it as well. So again, think about it, pray about it, and I really hope that you will come to the decision to go all in with us in 2016. All right, on to our reading this morning from the Bible. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning, the Word already existed. 
the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This morning, I want to build around five words. Five words that you have heard many times, five words that you have said many times in a variety of settings. They are these words, I really have to go. I really have to go. Those are words that are capable of carrying a lot of freight, a lot of different meanings, right? For instance, I have to go. Think about the phrase in this setting. The father has made the trip once again to the state prison to visit his son. And his boy, no, his boy is not a guard. His boy is not working in the institution as an employee. He's a resident there. He's an inmate. And so they talk through the smeared plexiglass using those handsets. Through the crackle and hiss of the connection, they talk. They talk about some things, and they talk about some somethings. They talk about nothings, like how their favorite pro football team is doing. They talk about the weather outside. They talk about the good deal that Dad got on a new set of tires for the car. And then they talk about something. They talk about how Mom just finished her 10th chemo treatment. Only two more to go. The son says that it is so hard being separated from the family. He's never been more lonely. Dad forces some hope into his voice and tells his boy, well, the lawyer says there's, there's a chance on appeal that we can get you out of here. And the two talk about some nothings and some somethings, and then the guard shouts, time's... And with tears in his eyes, Dad chokes out the words, I love you, son, but I really have to go. How about this one? They met online. He lives in Texas. She's a California girl. 
after dating via the internet and through texting, they, after a couple of months, they finally feel like there is a connection and they need to meet. So it was time for him to fly in for a visit to Southern California. The days then that they spent together there only confirmed, yes, we have something. There is a connection. They were in love but it was time for him to get back to work, to get back to Texas. And so there they are at LAX. His flight's leaving in 40 minutes. So they embrace and they kiss. He looks into the eyes of the girl he's fallen for and he says, My flight's about to board. It's, it's time for me to go. Five words. This time, sadness and hope mixed together. The words I have to go can also contain a certain, well, urgency, right? Um, some of you will best identify with this depending on your life sta- stage, I think. Uh, parents, we all know what this, this one feels like. When that toddler goes from, well, just going <laughs> to actually sensing that they need to go and saying, Mama, I've really got to go. Ah, <sighs> celebrated It is. It doesn't mean that the journey of potty training is over, but it's a big step. It's a big deal. Mom, Dad, I have to go. Oh, that's great. Let's get you to the bathroom so you can go like a a big girl, like a big boy. Well, I saw this image this week um, in a story that was written about a South Korean sister who was finally permitted just for a few hours with a group of others to visit her North Korean brother. They had not seen each other in decades. Think about those emotions. They hadn't talked. They hadn't Facebooked. They hadn't texted. They couldn't. They weren't permitted to do any of that. Since the war, what joy they felt. What elation at being reunited if just for a few hours. No doubt they caught up on so much. She told him about her family, her children, her grandchildren. He shared with his sister about his life, his job, and his family in the north. In their closely supervised meeting, there was a lot of talking a lot of crying, some laughing, laughing, and there was mostly just hugging. They had been separated by that border for so long, and words couldn't come close to expressing the depth of emotion that they felt. And then urged by their North Korean handler, it was clear that the reunion was over. The time had come for her to go back across the DMZ, home to South Korea. I'm so sorry, brother, but I have to go. Then there's this one. This hits some of us probably personally. Dad is going away for what will seem like an eternity to that little boy. But he's chosen, the Father has chosen to serve his country, to put himself in harm's way, to fulfill a mission that will make the world freer and safer. 
Now, however grand and noble the mission, there is still such agony in that moment when dad has to say, son, it's time. Daddy's got to go now. So what does this have to do with Jesus? What does this have to do with the manger? What does this have to do with the Christmas story? Quite a bit, really. Actually, this is the other side of the Christmas story. Most of us this time of year celebrate the Advent season. Advent, which means the coming or the arrival. That's what we celebrate. But the arrival, the Advent, is preceded by the departure John's gospel tells us both sides of the Christmas story. Before the angelic choruses are singing and people are rejoicing, there is the departure, the goodbye, the farewell. John tells us that the Word, the eternal Word, became flesh and made His dwelling among us, that He left heaven to arrive in our world A world tainted by sin. A broken world. I like the way the message translates. John chapter 1, verse 14. The message says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Hmm. Jesus moved into our neighborhood. Isn't that something? Our hopes and dreams. And in many ways, the quintessential American dream is to move up in the world, is to finally get into the right neighborhood with the right schools. Jesus, before his arrival here, had to say goodbye, farewell to heaven's perfections. Goodbye to paradise. So long to a neighborhood inhabited by Father and Spirit, angelic beings and angels. And after eons of history had passed, at some point I envisioned Son turning to Father and saying, it's time. I have to go. Goodbye to that neighborhood. Hello to our neighborhood. Hello to a stable filled with the stench of animal waste. Hello to his bed, which was a food trough filled with hay. Hello to a neighborhood under the control of the oppressive Roman invader. Hello to a frail human body which would experience pain, which would bleed, and which would eventually die. Hello to a human mom and a human dad who did love him to be sure, but not with the perfect love he had experienced in eternity. Hello to crazy King Herod, determined to murder him. Hello to a neighborhood where people that he came to save would never understood that he came to save them. Hello to a neighborhood where... To most, the very idea that God would become flesh, would become one of us, was blasphemy. 
punishable by death. Hello to a place where his message and his ministry would be misunderstood and reviled. Hello to a place where one of his very closest friends, Peter, would at his moment of greatest need pretend not to even know him. Before Christmas, before Advent, before arrival, there was goodbye. There was, Father, I have to go. In order to arrive in Bethlehem, Jesus had to leave the Father's side. Now, this world here. This is the world we know. This is the only world that we have personally experienced. Jesus had experienced heaven. We've kind of gotten used to this place. Maybe that's a little bit sad. Jesus said goodbye to heaven to come into our world, to come into a place where prejudice and hate and war and unkindness and division and selfishness are the norm. Look, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created this world, and they created something that was amazing. They did. Since then, we've kind of made a a mess of the place. Okay, Star Wars fans, here's something for you. From the original 1977 Star Wars movie, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker are about to enter this filthy city that is the enormous Mos Eisley spaceport in a distant world. It's a place that's basically the armpit of of humanity, okay? And from a nearby hill, before they go into the city, they're overlooking the city, and Obi-Wan Kenobi looks to Luke and he says, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Jesus threw caution to the wind and stepped into our broken world. John's Gospel says, The Word became flesh. Jesus left heaven at Christmas. It was time for Him to go. And what an apt description. For the world's only begotten Son of God. What an apt description for the world He was to come into. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Quickly, here's what I want you to write down and consider this morning. As we talk about this divine departure from heaven and arrival here in our neighborhood, the first thing to write down is this. After his arrival, after his arrival, he gave up his rights, assumed the identity of a servant, and suffered a criminal's death. After his arrival, gave up his rights, assumed the identity of a servant or slave, and suffered a criminal's death. Now, Paul's take on the theological implications of the Christmas story, we have that in Philippians chapter 2. It contains two images. One of the life Jesus had before, and the other of the life He lived here with us. Philippians 2, verses 7 to 8. 
Paul writes these words, He gave up. He gave up His divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Next, write this down. Write this down. Before His arrival, before His arrival here as a human being, Jesus existed as God, as the source of of life and as the creator of all things. Back to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Before His arrival into our world, there was the, it's time. I have to go. There was that moment, right? And in the history of I have to goes, has there ever been one so agonizing? So why did Jesus do it? Why leave the perfection of paradise and be born into the hive of scum and villainy? And then there are many great questions, right? A lot of great theological questions, many of which we don't even have really solid answers to, but thankfully this isn't one of those. We know the answer. He did it because He loves us. That's why He did it. He did it because He loves us. Many wrestle with this. God infinite, almighty God, creator of all things, in love with me? For many, that's just, that's just really hard to accept. God loves me? Not to mention, He loves this place? God loves the world? But that's the answer. That's the answer. If you're wondering, why did Christmas occur why did Jesus do it? He did it because He loves you. He loves us. The Apostle John put it this way in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Beautiful passage. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. This is real love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take our sins away. Mm. Remember that time Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. Remember when Jesus said that? He did it for love. Jesus continued in John 3 by saying, Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, 
but have eternal life? That's the faith question. That's the faith question. Do you believe? Has the faith awakened in your heart? Will you come to Christ today? Will you look at your old life, the one of sin and shame and selfishness, will you look at your old life and say, I have to go. God has something better for me in Christ Jesus. Will you do that? If you want to make that decision to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you believe that and be baptized into Christ this morning, you can do that right here today. Maybe you just need prayers. We'd invite you to get together with somebody and pray or come down and pray with me or one of our shepherds this morning. We're here to help you take that next step on your journey and see the faith awaken in your life. Let's be standing together.